So you've told your husband, look how things have improved with me and your kids. Yes. And he's like, eh. He says, my kids don't have behavioral issues like yours does. Ooh. That's his go-to, but mine has behavioral issues. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hey, David. Hey, honey. Is it spring yet? Um, some days it is. <laughs> no, I mean, is it the first day of spring? I know the clocks move forward. I know my pretty purple trees are blooming. Mm-hmm. So is it spring yet? Spring started on Saturday, March 20th. So it's spring. Spring has sprung. In our part of the world. Yep. And it'll be spring until June the 20th. Awesome. And it turns into summertime. I love spring. All the pretty flowers, but I hate the pollen. Yeah. Pollen's bad. And plus, we've had... I don't know that we had it last year, but you know, sometimes we had the like weird worms that hang from the trees or sometimes they're on all the blades of grass. I think those are two different kinds of worms. I know, but there's stuff that I see now that didn't happen when I was a kid. Do you remember when we went to the July 4th? I think it was the July oh, 4th. I know where you're going with the story. <laughs> fireworks. And we were waiting in line to leave yes. in the car. And we saw a tree that had all these worms hanging down from it. And this kid ran straight through them. Yeah. It was like they had the web, you know, the worms inside the web. And it was huge. Yeah, but they were hanging too. Yeah. And this kid was running past the tree and wasn't paying attention and just went right into that. I mean, it was a massive, it was big as the person. <laughs> and we went right into the web. Yeah. <laughs> is it a web if it's a worm? Uh, I guess it is. That's what I'm calling it. Okay. So anyway, for those of you that are with us and getting ready to enjoy spring, happy spring. Mm-hmm. I'm glad because I cannot stand the cold. This reminds me of my first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, do you want to tell everybody about our bowling experience the other day with your employees? Um, I don't know what specifically you want to talk about. Oh, you know what you want to talk about. But I'll tell the story, I guess, and then... You can tell me where, where you want to jump off. <laughs> I took took my employees bowling and because every month we go out and we do a team building exercise, <laughs> which is always fun <laughs> because there's at least one or two people who can't do whatever it is we're trying to do. <laughs> so this month we went bowling. When I was a kid, I bowled in leagues. It was really not a league as much as it was a way for the parents to get us out of the house on a Saturday morning. <laughs> and I did not know that until the other day. Did you not? No, you never told me that. Oh, yeah. Or if you did, I forgot. Well, some kids play t-ball. I play, I did bowling. Actually, I played t-ball too. But anyway, so I was in a, this bowling league as a kid. And so, you know, I can bowl okay. I'm not very good with like the super hook balls and all this kind of stuff. I can do it. But any, anyhow, so we go out there and we do the first game. And I'm like, I'm just going to play around because I don't want to get out there and, and being all super serious and everybody else is struggling to keep it out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go through the first game and I noticed that one of my employees' husband is being all professional. <laughs> yeah, professional, y'all. Like, you know, he didn't bring it in, but he brought his own ball and everything. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's out there and he's he's all, 
eyeballing the pins and throws his foot just in the right way and hooks the ball. And I'm like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. And so he ends up winning the first game. And uh, I'm like, okay, I got somebody that that I can compete with. <laughs> and so we go out there to the second game and me and him are kind of head to head most of the game. And we get down to the last frame and I'm pretty good boys ahead of him at that point. But I know that if he hits a couple strikes, then I'm, I'm done. And he throws the first ball, hits a strike. And I'm like, oh man, he's going to end up winning. He throws a second ball. He gets, I don't know, like six pins. And I know that if he gets the rest of these pins, I'm done. And I'm sitting there like voodoo on you and all this other stuff. (laughs) Anything I can do to. We're all hollering. Yeah. Rednecking it up. So he throws it and he misses all the pins and he loses by like three points. And he was so mad. (laughs) David and I both are very competitive. So no, I wasn't competing with them, of course. But after the guy loses, you know, David's giving him a hard time about, man, that must suck to lose to somebody twice your age and all this stuff. That's when the button pushing kicks into overdrive. Yes. So the guy goes to the bathroom. Y'all, David runs after him (laughs) so he can harass him in the bathroom about losing. (laughs) Yes, I did. You know, this button pushing... It goes into overdrive. It does. When there's competition. It sure does. <laughs> so that was our fun this past weekend. But you know, you enjoyed watching it. Oh, it's hilarious. See? And then David <laughs> decides to take two balls and roll them down separate lanes. At the same time. At the same time. And he picks up a spare on one lane. <laughs> and a gutter ball on the other. <laughs> it was fun. But I did not lose. No, you came in third place. I did. I mean, if we were splitting people up. By, you know, boys versus girls or something like that, you would have beat them all, Uh you know, severely. Yes. So, but anyway, the guy that I barely beat, he's ready for a rematch. Um, And his wife's looking at me and she's like, oh my God, we're going to be at the bowling alley every weekend now. I see it. So he can practice to beat David. Yeah. And there was a league up there bowling too. (laughs) And so I was like, "Uh, y'all, excuse me for a minute. I need to go see if they, if they need me over there. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Oh, well, hang on. We have something else to say. What's that? David went skeet shooting for the first time in his life. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. And he goes with this guy. There's a team of four of them. Three of them have never been. And one of them has been a dozen times or so, a little bit more. So compared to these people that had never been, he's a professional, you know. Right. He's been 15 times. David tied with the guy. Yeah, I did. I was I was very disappointed that I didn't beat him. <laughs> and it just amazes me. So if y'all were ever out with us somewhere, just know David's going to win. Just go ahead and concede. Yep. Wave your white flag. If I do, you will hear it because I will talk smack. Yes. <laughs> We went to the accountant the other day and David was talking about how they used to play video games together and the guy wasn't the accountant at the time. But anyway, the guy would get mad at him and make him leave. Yeah. Yeah. He and I go back a long way. We used to work for the same company and I'd go to his house and this is, gosh, I was like 20, maybe 1920. And, uh, I go to his house and we'd play uh, super Nintendo. That's how long ago it's been. And, um, you know, and I would eat dinner with him and his wife. I think he might have one kid at the time. And, uh, and then he'd, he'd want to play video games, and I would beat him so bad and, t- and talk crap the whole time. He would say, you know, the losing doesn't bother me. It's your mouth that bothers me. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> All right, so now that we've went down memory lane with David, 
being competitive and beating everybody. I can't believe you didn't know the, about the bowling thing. See, there's stuff to, to learn about me every day. Well, you may have told me and then I forgot. So the longer we're together, the more I forget things. So it's like starting all over with you. That's true. It could be that, or it could be just that, you know, I forgot to tell you or didn't tell you or thought it was not important. But anyway, let's talk about our guest today. All right. Is the Yankee stepmom. I wonder if she's got candles. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say the Yankee candle stepmom. (laughs) She's been blending four and a half years, has four stepkids and two bio kids. Stepson, 19. Stepdaughter, 17. Stepson, 15. Stepson, 13. Bio daughter, 21. And bio son, 8. Oh, Lordy. She moved into their house that he shared with his ex. Mm-hmm. Y'all, we know how tough that is. I wrote a blog about it. <laughs> on things you can do to not make it so difficult moving into the ex's house. Her youngest son is adopted. So bio son, 8, is adopted. Okay. So that adds a little twist to things. I know you're not going to be surprised, but she and I got to talking about so much stuff. We were supposed to talk about mini wife. We never got to it. (laughs) So we had to have her back for a part two. All right. So this is part one of the Yankee stepmom. Are you going to do part two next week? Well, yeah. Think I'm going to make them wait a month? Uh, You might. I have been known to do crazy things. Yep. But no, part two will be next week. All right. Good deal. All right. Let's get to listening. To the Yankee Stepmom, but first a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have the Yankee Stepmom. Hey, Yankee Stepmom, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So tell us about your blend. How long have you been blending? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we have been married four years, been together five, and officially blending since spring of 2016 in the same house. Okay. Myself and my children moved into his house because my house sold faster than expected. And we were supposed to be adding on to his house to make room for all of us. So we ended up moving into about a thousand square foot, four bedroom, one bath house before we built the new part. Wow. Yeah. Those had to be some tiny bedrooms. Oh, they were. With the one bath at that time, there were eight of us then in the house. (laughs) When I look back, I think, how did we even think that was remotely a good idea? Yeah. We survived it. At the end of that summer, when the construction had started, it was one of the hotter summers. Like the heat index was pushing the high 90s, hundreds. And we ended up, because of the construction, they had to cut the air conditioning out because of its location. So we had no AC. I mean, it was just kind of like this really crazy ordeal. Girl, no. Mm -mm. Looking back, that seemed like the easy part. I mean, now that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) That really seems like I go, oh, that was an adventure. We survived it. That was fine. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
Well, I know in South Carolina, the heat, it gets so bad that you walk outside and you just start pouring sweat. Yeah. I cannot imagine not having air conditioning. No, I can remember laying there at night and you'd look at like the thermostat in the house and it would say like 90 something and just laying there thinking, I I can't sleep. It's just, I can't, it's too hot. It's duh. But we made it through that. The kids were younger, so they all had better attitudes. There's no way now we could do that. (laughs) With teenagers. Oh my gosh, no. So how many stepkids do you have? I have four, three boys and one girl. And what ages are they? They are truly step. It, it goes 13, 15, 17, and 19. Wow. Yeah. They are stair steps. Yes. And how old are your kids? My youngest is eight. And then I have a 21-year-old. Goodness gracious. What an age gap there. There is a huge age gap. Absolutely. And my youngest, he's adopted. My ex-husband and I adopted him as a baby. Okay. So that is just like another layer of this massive blend. I mean, honestly, it's, ooh, it's a lot. Yes, definitely. So I just want to clarify something with your youngest being adopted. Yes. It's completely different than the love you have for a stepkid. Absolutely. Even though I can say he's adopted, I don't feel like he is. He is my child. He's just right through my child. You know, I got him straight from the hospital. I've been his only mom he's ever known. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it's very different than having a stepchild, especially a stepchild who has a mom. Right. And that mom is present in their life. Right. A lot of people will try to compare stepkids and adopted kids. Right. And you can't. No. The adopted kids, you make a decision. Mm-hmm. to have this child, particularly this child, in your life. Right. Forever and ever. Amen. Yes. They're your child. Right. You are fully invested as their parent, and no one else is part of that decision to have that child other than you and you know your significant other, That if you had one when you adopted that child. Right. And like you said, you're not dealing with any exes. You're not dealing with a bio mom or any of that stuff. It's completely different. It's kind of like I have full authority because this is my child. Right. And there's nobody going, well, you need to check with their real parent or you're stepping on their toes by parenting. Mm -hmm. So the house you moved into, was it the house that your husband shared with his ex? Oh, yes. In the very beginning, she would just walk in the house. What? Yeah. When she was there to pick up the kids on her time, she would walk through the house. She would hang out in their rooms. There was even a time when one of the kids stayed home sick from school and she decided to hang out with them for a few hours in the house. I'm sure you'd love that. <laughs> um. I am definitely about boundaries. I like boundaries. I think they're healthy. And so there were no boundaries. Like we had to work kind of hard. I had to work hard to get people to understand I needed some boundaries. Right. Especially the kids because they don't understand the big deal. Exactly. Because this was their mom. This was their house. This is what they've always done. So I guess after her and your husband had split up, she still had kind of free reign. Yes. 
And he looks at her like, and he has said many times, she's irrelevant. I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, that those are his words, that she is irrelevant to his situation. She will do as she pleases. That's who she is. That's who she'll always be. And he will always be the primary parent. And so whether she comes and goes, it, it didn't bother him. It didn't affect his parenting one way or another. Yeah, but she's busting up in your house. I know, I know. And that's where I was like, this is making me incredibly uncomfortable because now it's no longer her house, especially when once we were moved in, these are my things in this house. These are, you know, that's my couch that she's flopping down on. It was uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And it got really bad when we started building the new part, Uh because the first thing we did was renovate the kitchen. And that was before we actually moved in. So, you know, she'd walk in there and, oh, this looks great. Oh my gosh. And I'm thinking, I, those are my cabinets. I picked them out back up. And then when we started actually building the new part, she started to wander that way. And I thought, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, this is my wing. I mean, this is not anything that you ever lived in. It's almost like a completely new build. So there's your line. Like, don't cross that line. Wow. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, you're a heck of a person. No, 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 no. I try to be flexible. I try to look at each person's like perspective, like, you know, try to have empathy for the kids and what they're going through. And they're excited and look, Hey mom, we want to show you this new space. And I'm thinking, but they don't understand why it would bother me. And my husband was kind of like, ha ha ha, let her see it. Let, you know, almost like a gloating, like, look what I've got now. And you're like, no, this is mine. It needs to be mine. I'm thinking, I just want a safe place that's mine and feels like home. And not contaminated by the ex. <laughs> exactly. And because whenever there would be a conflict, especially between, at the time, my daughter was a teenager when we moved in. So mm-hmm. if my daughter had a conflict with his daughter, his daughter was always very quick to point out, this is our house. And it was kind of like, I'm just trying to carve out some space for us. Right. And I don't know if it's men just don't look at a house the same way as a woman does, but you're moving into this home that he shared with his ex. Mm -hmm. It's already hard enough because everywhere you look are memories of her. Mm -hmm. You're trying to redecorate. You're trying to make things your own. And it takes a while. And the last thing you need is bio mom busting up in there, plopping her butt on your couch. You know what? Irony is my husband's a little bit of a pack rat. I think he has a little bit of ADHD maybe as far as organization goes. I had to, as we were blending to clean out spaces and closets to find room for my things, I had to sort through stacks of memorabilia, photos, old birthday cards. I mean, like you could almost go through these layers. It was kind of like archaeology, like, oh, hey, here's one from the last girlfriend before me. Oh, here's one from the girlfriend a few, you know, years back. And then here's, oh, look, here's stuff from ex-wife. Oh, look, here's pictures of, you know, the summer before their divorce. I mean, it was just like, I joke, if he and I ever get like into arguments and stuff, I always say, you know, don't worry, I will make sure that my stuff, like my pictures and things 
are put away. Like I will stack my stuff up. So the next girl does not have to go through that. (laughs) He didn't think that was funny, which I get, but still it's like the amount of past I had to deal with in my face. Yeah. Wasn't fun. It was not fun. I, my biggest piece of advice for anyone blending is when you move in together, get a new place. Yes. Start fresh. Yes. In my case, that wasn't an option because David lives on family land. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh there you go. <laughs> so it would have been great. I think things would have been a whole lot easier. Yeah. Let me say this, a whole lot easier on us. Yes. Or me, not necessarily the kids, but we went through that crap of the kids saying, well, this is our house and, Uh you know, that's our Christmas tree and that's this. And so it kind of made me feel like my son was left out more than me. Yes. Yes. And they did not take kindly to me redecorating. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. Moving anything. Yeah, because in their mind, I'm pushing their mom out and their memories of their family together. That's, I can see that. Yeah. And I'm just thinking this is the ugliest border I've ever seen in my life. And it's got to come down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, something as simple as who moved the big measuring spoon or whatever. Like, I just straightened up the drawer, you know, like, why is this over here now? We never did it that way before. Right. Because it fits there better. I mean. But to them, it's you are making changes that they don't see as necessary. Exactly. And they also view it as you moving things that their mom had in a certain place. Mm -hmm. Or for them especially, it's so strange because bio mom, I'm not going to like trash on her and say she's a bad person, but she really didn't invest in her home. Mm -hmm. She didn't decorate. He did that. She didn't really keep house. He did that. So when she left, the kids kind of all circled wagons around dad and especially the daughter, but like the protection of their family unit and the way they did things. And it was a lot of walls to try and bust through and mm-hmm. maybe part of just, you know, anything like we don't buy that brand. We buy this brand of mac and cheese. And <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but I remember one of the kids, he loved mac and cheese, the Kraft macaroni and cheese. Yeah. So they had the SpongeBob shaped ones. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm like, oh, they'll love these. Nope. He pitched a fit. <laughs> it's different. It's not the same. I'm not eating that. You just, it still, it floors me that he would not eat the SpongeBob macaroni and cheese. I mean, when they would come over to my home and they loved coming to my home when we were first dating and it was almost like daughter especially went through my cabinets and just wanted to know everything about our life. Like just, and I didn't have a problem with it and anything in my pantry. Oh my goodness. They would come over and my pantry would just be like stripped bare of food. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved in, I'd be like, that's the same stuff I bought before that you guys liked. So it didn't make any sense. Why suddenly it was like, nope, now you're in our house and we buy this brand of this and we buy this and we make it this way. And it was just kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. And the corn goes here and the green beans go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that we as stepmoms look at stuff the same as the kids do. Well, I know we don't, but to me, organizing the pantry is not a big deal. Mm-mm. I wouldn't think. 
And I never thought this is going to upset my stepkids. Right. A lot of times we don't take that opportunity before we do something that we see as simple and say, how are the kids going to view this? Right. And I'm not saying that we need to leave everything the way that the bio mom had it. Right. I'm just saying that, you know, slow transitions kind of thing. Right. And looking back, maybe a little more like, hey, help me unpack this. Where should we put this stuff? I, I mean, right. that would have made better bridges rather than walls. Yes. I like that. We need to make bridges instead of walls. Yeah. It's true. Well, because you know what? The bottom line is these kids can make or break your life into happiness or hell, and they will make it hell. Exactly. And a lot of people will say, oh, no, the stepkids, they would never break up your marriage. Hello. (laughs) That's the quickest way to get divorced Uh is to make those kids miserable Mm -hmm. because that makes their bio parent have to choose. Right. Absolutely. I said, since I began not chewing, if I had no children and it was just me and him and his children and I was not chewing, we would be the happiest people ever. Mm-hmm. But because he also has stepchildren now and he will not nacho. And we have been around this block so many times that is, there's still the conflict. And it is still bad with the conflict between him and my son. He will not nacho. How often do you have your son? He lives with me full time. His dad lives out of state. We are considering, his dad and I are considering making a switch at the end of the school year, him living with his dad for a year, because quite frankly, my child is miserable and unhappy. He does have some special needs as far as he's got really bad ADHD. He was born drug addicted. So we don't really know how much that affects the ADHD. Mm -hmm. There's so much research about all of that, but he also has oppositional defiant disorder. And right now this eight to 10 year age seems They've said that that is like when it becomes really bad and they need to be parented differently. They need more of what they call collaborative parenting rather than authoritarian parenting. And that is very much the way my husband parents. So my ex is not like that with him and they have a decent relationship. And my son really wants to go live with his dad. I can't imagine how you feel with this. Awful. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Torn and twisted. Because you want what's best for your son, but then I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you're thinking if my husband would just back off, Mm -hmm. my kid wouldn't be miserable and he wouldn't want to go live with dad. And add into this layer, my husband really wants him to go at this point because of all the conflict. And if I could just get the conflict to de-escalate, if we could just have some more calm and normal, then our house wouldn't be this upset. Girl. Uh-huh. I know. How did he tell you that? Because I know if David would have ever told me, and I don't care how crazy things were, if David would ever said, I think that Jackson should go live with his dad, I'll be like, well, I think you need to find a new wife because I'm done. <laughs> We've had those conversations. The biggest blow up more most recently was because I had said, my son has a fabulous, fabulous teacher. And Because of all the changes with COVID and the loss in the spring of, it was roughly like, well, it was the last quarter of the school year, you know, losing ground academically. I want him to have this whole school year with her. And so 
he's doing beautifully in school. And that tells me that if he can do well in school and they see this child at school who isn't so full of conflict, okay, then we need to take a really hard look at our home. Right. Because if there's this much conflict at home and supposedly he, according to my husband, is the reason for it, my son is, then maybe we need to do something different to reduce that conflict. That's kind of how I look at it. But so there was an argument probably about a month ago. My son and him were just having a horrible day. And he's like, why do we have to wait until the end of the school year? Why can't he go at Christmas break? And I'm like, wait, so you're telling me he needs to go sooner? And he's like, we're not going to make it till the end of the school year. And I'm like, what are you saying? You know, I was very much like, okay, what exactly you're saying? And I, you know, I did my whole, you know, cry and be frustrated and take a few days to just basically withdraw. And at that point I was like, okay, maybe I just need to, to walk. Cause now at this point, this has nothing to do with Nacho. This has to do with him and I and my child. So I pretty much came back around and said, look, we can try the whole living apart thing that a lot of families, step families do. And he's like, I don't want to date my wife. Okay, well, then you're not open to any other solution. I am saying that my child is going to be here until the end of the school year. And I'm not going to keep dealing with threats that he needs to leave sooner. So either you have to make a decision or let it go. But this is what I've decided is he is not transitioning until the end of the school year at the earliest. Right. Yeah, that was a rough conversation to have because I really at that point thought, you know, yeah, we are done. I know people say your marriage comes first and I understand that to a degree. Right. But my baby comes first. Right. Well, I, and I take the same sort of view of that to an extent. Like, I mean, there are certain things like if my kid's being just a big old jerk and having a tantrum because, you know, he wanted this kind of chips and we don't have it. I'm not going to just run out to the store and, you know, make him happy. But if he is legitimately having a problem, I told my husband, I said, you know, this is, this is serious. This is my son's mental health. And that is critical that, you know, we get him balanced. And a lot of it is his medication. So I said, I need to get him on the right medication so he can be successful. Yes. And he's like, well, I just don't understand why his dad can't do it down there. I said, because he hasn't ever had to do it (laughs) ever. Yeah, definitely. So let's play this scenario. Mm -hmm. Your son, the end of the school year, so May, June of next year, Mm -hmm. he goes to live with his dad for a year. Yeah. Your husband's not going to want him to come back. Well, that's not really his choice (laughs) because that is my child. Right. But you know what I'm saying? He's going to be like, oh, things have been wonderful since little Johnny's been with his dad. Why would you bring him back here? He's doing good. And the kid may be doing good at dad's. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. Like he can sit there and go, well, I didn't sign up for a kid that has ADHD and ODD. Okay. I didn't also sign up for, I mean, when he and I first got together, bio mom took his kids a lot more than she does now. And the kids are now with us almost 99% of the time. Right. You didn't sign up for that. I didn't get asked, hey, do you mind if now we have basically all four kids living here almost 10%? No one asked me. No one said, hey, you know, I was just told, and he has made it very clear since the beginning of our relationship, this this is my children's home. They will always have a home here. If they don't want to go to their moms tonight, that's their decision. So I kind of put it back the same way. I said, you, and I told him, I said, you wouldn't like it if I said, pack up little Johnny and make him go to mom's tonight because he's being a jerk. Right. And he was like, well, that's different. <laughs> okay. 
Why won't your husband nacho your son? Because his personality, he is, that is his personality. It's funny, uh, not funny. It's funny, sad, like ironic, funny. He can't see the forest through the trees. I've pointed out to him that I have nachoed and I've used words like disengaged or step back because for some reason, some men really bristle at the term nacho. It makes them <laughs> like they, it's almost like they feel like we're making fun of their kids or something. But oh, it's not just men. You ought to see the hate mail I get. I can only imagine. But so, and I will point out, I'll say, do you see the improvement between me and so-and-so because I no longer try to parent? I even explained like I, that light bulb went off for me when we were on a family vacation with all of us. And his daughter at the time was 13, almost 13. And she had picked out this bathing suit. I had taken her shopping for it at his request. She picked it out. I thought it was a good bathing suit, conservative. At that point in time, she wasn't um, still two-piece, but it wasn't like a, a teeny tiny bikini. And then as that summer moved on and she started running with some new friends, suddenly the bikini bottoms weren't the same bikini bottoms. And I'm like, where did these come from? So we're on this family vacation and I just kind of quietly said to him, I go, did you buy her new bottoms? And he's like, no, why would I? I said, cause that's not what I bought her. Those are way, way, way skimpier. <laughs> and later that night I'm doing the laundry in the beach house and she had tossed them in the dryer and I pull out, they are not bikini bottoms. They are underpants. She is wearing underpants on the beach <gasps> because she no longer liked her swimsuit bottom. It wasn't skimpy enough. Apparently it wasn't bikini enough. So she took a pair of black bikini underpants and said, what's the difference? And was wearing those. There's a big difference. Exactly. And I still remember she and I are on the boardwalk walking back. And the thing is she had the swimsuit bottoms. I found those by accident when I was putting away the laundry. So she had lied and said she lost them. No, they were there. They were in the drawer. So I said something and she's like, you're going through my things. And I'm like, no, I was putting away laundry and found them. And so I can just remember she and I standing there and she's screaming at me and I'm young lady. You're not going to talk to me that way. That's you're being disrespectful. I am simply telling you it's not okay to wear underwear on the beach and all of this. And after that trip, I thought, oh my God, this girl and I, who used to be kind of close and, you know, had a, what I thought was a good bond, that's rapidly deteriorating because I am parenting her. And it hit me that I can't parent this child. She does not see me as a parent role. Mm -hmm. She has a mom. Their relationship at the time was strained, but still, as she's moving into her teenage years, mom got more interested in parenting because mom kind of likes that teenage stuff. Mm -hmm. She didn't like the young kid stuff. Right. So mom, mom has stepped back very much into daughter's life, not so much on the sons because it's boys, but yeah. So now daughter is very firmly entrenched with mom and I don't even try to parent at all. Like I stay completely out of it. Right. So you've told your husband, look how things have improved with me and your kids. Yes. And he's like, eh. He says, my kids don't have behavioral issues like yours does. Ooh. That's his go-to, that mine has behavioral issues. And I'm like, I can't force you to do it. I can't force you to nacho. You don't want to nacho. Right. And you don't want to tell your kid, don't listen to him because that's even worse. 
No, absolutely. And I tell him, you still have to respect him. You still have to be polite and courteous and listen. And those are house rules. The biggest thing also in our blend that doesn't blend is two sets of house rules. And my son will pick up on fairness issues like a hawk. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll say, but when so-and-so was eight, they were allowed to do X, Y, Z. And of course he fires back with, well, you're not so-and-so and so-and-so shows a lot more respect or so-and-so has makes better choices. And, and I'm just like, oh, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. No, your son is a lot younger mm-hmm. and he does have these issues. Yes. But your husband's response to parenting him is apparently more authoritative oh, yeah. and collaborative. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's 100% authoritative. So it's making it worse. Yeah, very much so. Have you ever heard of total transformation? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I know David had mentioned that to me when I think but when we were still dating, you know, it's a parenting thing. It's how to make your kids listen, how to work with your kids kind of thing. And I've recently found out that they have a lot of information on ADHD and ODD kids. Yeah. I've done the Incredible Years program that was actually done with my son's therapist, but my husband wouldn't participate in it (laughs) because he said that he wasn't going to be told that how to parent differently. He wasn't going to be told to just give in to the kid. And I kept trying to explain that's not what they're saying, but yeah, he can be a wonderful man. He has something where I jokingly call it the card of death, uh, the tarot card of death. There's this strength finders Mm -hmm. thing. And one of the strengths is belief. But I say belief is like the tarot card of death because people that have belief are so set in their belief of something that you really, unless they choose to change their mind about a belief, you can drag that horse to water all day long. He will not drink. They will not look at something until they're ready to. They will not change their thought process until they decide now's the time. Right. But you know, I'm sitting here thinking and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just like flabbergasted. I know. So is my therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Me and your therapist need to talk because I'm like, help me understand this. You've got kids. Kids are different. Mm -hmm. With all four of David's kids, one of them, if you looked at him wrong, it would upset him. Mm -hmm. One of them, you could take away every toy that child had and he was not going to let you know it bothered him. Yeah. One of them, you could tell him he wasn't going to be able to go to Mama's that weekend when he came, you know, Mm -hmm. to visit or that week when he came to visit, and that would just crush his soul. So kids have different reactions to discipline. Right. For instance, with me, my mama could beat me with an inch of my (laughs) life, and I would just stare at her. (laughs) My daddy could wiggle his toe, and I knew he was upset with something I did, and I would cry like a baby. Mm. So it's not only the kid responds differently to parenting, discipline, punishment, things of that nature. It depends on the relationship they have with the bio parent too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And your husband, I'm sure he's not an unintelligent man. No. Is he just hard-headed? Yes. Oh God, yes. Everyone you meet will say he is the most stubborn person. Everybody tells me that. Like they'll say, oh, you just got to be, you must be an angel. But I'm like, no. I'm not. I just, again, I try to see all points of view. I try to brainstorm and be creative and how I interact and deal with certain situations. And I try to be fair and yeah, it's a lot. It's just a lot. It's a lot to try and 
unravel. Yeah. So if you went to your husband and said, dear husband, who I love so much, (laughs) would you try something for 30 days with my son to see if it improved the chaos and the discord in the home? You think he'd say no? Yep. I've asked for a week. Darn. He is hard-headed. Yes. I said, can we just try it for one week? You... If he does this, respond this way. If he does that, respond this way. And he's like, I can't be somebody I'm not. And you knew, you knew who I was, you know, when you married me. And now you're just, you're telling me that I'm just supposed to change this about me. And he's like, all that's going to do is give him power over me. And that's just going to make things worse. You know, (laughs) I know, (laughs) I know, I know. Now, now I'm hard-headed, so don't get me wrong. And I really think prior to Nacho that I had that same mentality of that's not who I am. I'm not one to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to not stand by and let you raise your kid to be some kind of bum or, you know, just I'm very outspoken. Right. But thank God I was open-minded enough to try because, you know what, that person that did say everything they thought, that's not who I was. Mm -hmm. Because now I can sit there and keep my mouth shut and in my head think, "Mm -hmm, y'all idiots. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to tell you that I think you're an idiot. I can just think it. Mm -hmm. But no, seriously, I realized that who I thought I was, was more of a product of your environment. Yes. So me being that outspoken person, it was because that was the only way I felt heard. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I always thought that I said the stuff that nobody else had the guts to say. Yeah. And most of the time that was true. But they also had the smarts not to say it sometimes. I can be a yeller. But like in my first, my first marriage was 20 years. And I mean, I didn't yell even an a millimeter of what I do now. And it's because again, not feeling like I'm being heard and just trying to find a way to communicate. Like I will sit here and reword something in my head a million times and think, well, if I say it like this, will it be heard better? Will it be understood better? Like, can I just, how can I communicate with this person who just already has their mind made up Right. that this is it? This is how it is. You know, I know a lady, Celia Kibler, she was on our podcast and she does a lot of the stop being a yeller Mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. And I talked to her one day and she said, was your mom a yeller? I'm like, oh yeah. She said, how did that make you feel? I said, like crap. She said, how do you think you're making your son feel? I'm like, oh great. Now I feel worse. (laughs) But it's like, okay, he's not listening to me. Right. And I know good and darn well, if his daddy told him to do something, He'd be Johnny on the spot and do it. Mm-hmm. But with me, it's, I'll do it in a minute or whatever. And last night's a perfect example. I told him, I said, I need your help. We've got a call tonight. I need you to help me do the dishes. My kid's spoiled. I'm not going to lie. And he said, well, yeah, I will in a little bit. And I'm like, no, I need you to do them now. So I just said, I would like for you to do them now. Well, of course he hauls and he goes and does this and he does that. And I'm cooking supper. And in my head, I'm thinking I'm about to flip out on him. <laughs> I've already practiced the speech of if you think I'm taking you to take your four-wheeler to get it fixed tomorrow, mm-hmm. you're wrong. I do all this stuff for you and you can't take five minutes and do the dishes. I mean, I had it all worked up in my head. And something said to me, slow down. Next thing you know, he's doing the dishes. Well done. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, cause oh Lord. But part of it is, I know when I ask for something to be done, I want it done right then. Yeah. Because that's how I was raised. If my mama said, go do this, by God, you got up and did it or your tail hurt. But I don't spank my kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 15 now. He'd probably laugh at me. <laughs> so there's things that I see that I need to work on with myself to get him to help me. Right. And part of that is to not jump at everything he wants. Mm-hmm. But I have guilty parent syndrome and that affects my decisions. Mm-hmm. I try not to let it, but it does. I'm aware of it. I think it's not just because his dad and I are split up. It's because of how my mom parented me. Mm. I don't want to be that hard with my kid because my memories of my mom are not very pleasant. So I think that has a lot to do with, oh, I don't want to do my baby like that. Right. So I know we're not going to figure this out about your husband. Oh, gosh, (laughs) Yeah. But how was he raised? (sighs) You know, he was raised pretty straightforward. I mean, the same kind of authoritarian raising. I mean, some of the things he'll tell me, you know, that he might be, if he didn't act fast enough, yeah, he'd be smacked across the back of the head or whatever. And I told mm-hmm. you now kind of thing or, but he's not that way with his own children. And that's, what's frustrating. I'll say, you know, you would give child number three way more opportunity to do something that you ask them to do, then you'll give mine. Why is that? I get you don't have a bond. I mean, he's told me flat out he doesn't have a bond with my son, which I understand. And quite honestly, because of the group, I accept that. I'm not, that didn't upset me. I expected mm-hmm. it. In my head, I'm thinking, really, I, don't, I really don't have a bond with one of yours either. But <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. have to tell you that because that would have sent him through the roof. But I mean, he doesn't. He'll just say it's because of my child's behavioral issues and blame my child. So I feel bad for my son because I know that my son, he feels that difference that, you know, that his stepdad doesn't really like him or want to be around. And, you know, that's, that sucks because his own dad lives 14 hours away. So it's not like, Hey, you know what? Let's just go to dad's for the weekend. You can hop in the car. No, it has to be a well-planned out trip. Right. Wow, girl. Mm-hmm. I just, that's got to be so rough. It is. Oh, it is. And honestly, before Nacho, it was a heck of a lot worse because of trying to be a mom to these other four children who did not want me to be a mom. Now, how did he feel about you parenting his kids? Well, that's the irony. He'll say, you need to parent them. You need to, you know, if they leave, leave a mess, you tell them to clean it up. And I'll say, I have done that. And when they looked at me and go, I didn't make that, that wasn't mine. And I'll say, what am I supposed to do? I've asked them, well, could you just please clean it up anyway? And they ignore me. His one, my stepson, who's 15, when he was younger at 13, he would just walk past me. He would just like ignore it. Like he didn't even hear me say, hey, could you please take care of your dishes that are in the sink? So if I gave any type of consequence, it would not be backed up. The child that I have had the most conflict with is his daughter because she has been favored. He is harder on his boys than he is on his daughter. And there was a time when just, it was like this spring, she likes to walk around with her phone on speaker and everyone gets to hear her conversations. It was during the day, my son's sitting there doing his schoolwork and she walks into the kitchen and she's got her 
one of her friends who's kind of a rough girl on speaker and the girl starts dropping F-bombs. <gasps> and so I just very calmly said, hey, could you please tell friend to not use that kind of language on speaker? Right. And she turns around and she's like, what, what? ever and her friend is shrieking in laughter and says and she's like what did you say and her friend repeats herself even louder and I said could you please ask friend to not do that on speaker and the daughter starts screaming at me you're crazy you're stupid you shut up and just I mean goes off verbally and of course immediately my own blood pressure just spikes and I'm like okay look this is community space. I don't appreciate my son having to hear this. And she's like, you say worse. Okay. Yes. We're adults. We curse, but you know what? I earned the right as an adult to curse. Like, come on. What teenager, if a parent said, please don't say that in front of, you know, your sibling, step sibling or any sibling or whatever, like I would never have dropped an F-bomb in front of my mom. No, I would be toothless. Oh my gosh. I, I just can't even imagine. I mean, I know one time I let a, a cuss word slip in front of my mom as an adult and I clapped my hand over her mouth and went, oh, I'm sorry. And she just laughed at that time. I mean, I'm an adult. And so I said, okay, fine. You want to talk to me now? I forget. She told me to shut up and something else. And I said, okay, fine. You know what? I'm done. You're, <laughs> and I did not nacho. I said, you're grounded for the day. And she laughed and said, we'll see about that. And I said, I will call your dad and he will back me up. And no, he did not back me up. Oh, dude. It was only a day. It was only that. And like, literally at that point in time, we're talking four hours. It would have been a matter of like four hours. She couldn't leave the house. So what did he say to you? I think that was a little harsh and unnecessary. I said, it's a consequence for screaming at me. Well, you were both raising your voices. She went off the minute I just simply calmly asked for the friend not to be cursing on speaker. And we've talked about her not rolling through the house on speaker because of issues like that. Lord have mercy. I mean, I was just kind of like, I can't believe you didn't back me up. I said to him, how many times this past week alone have you disciplined my son? And he did the whole, well, he has behavioral issues. I said, but I backed you up. When you took the iPad away, I backed you up. When you say you lost your bike for the whole week, which I think is a little harsh for a kid with ADHD, I still backed you up. I said, I literally told her she couldn't leave the house that afternoon and you wouldn't even back me up. And he's like, well, I, I just think you're being harsh with her. Wow. Yeah. That was not a pleasant night in our house when he got home at all. Oh, no. <laughs> not at all. No. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking... Like, do you take melatonin every day to calm you down? Because <laughs> me, oh, Lord, yes, because I'm thinking I remember David's kids. We got in a fight one time or an argument and one of them kind of bowed up his chest at me. I'm like, come on, big boy. <laughs> Maybe it's the southern redneck in me or something. I don't know. But I'm thinking, oh, no. Uh, well, and you know, I'm German Irish. We have our temper. I have a temper. I do take, actually, I am on an antidepressant. I have to be to survive this. <laughs> well, were you on an antidepressant before you got married? No, no. This is the first time in my life I've ever had to be on that. But that's not even like one of the worst with her. I mean, that's the thing. The most recent thing back in the fall where she got an 
literally stepped into my face after, and oh man, that I got nailed on the board for this story, but where she had, my, my son made her mad and she smacked my son. Now she didn't, <gasps> yeah, that was, I me. remember this. Yeah, she smacked him and no, she didn't leave a mark. She didn't smack him hard. Like it, I step back and view stuff like, okay, my own daughter has hit her brother, you know, when she was mad at him. And I yelled at her and said, you don't hit your brother. He's younger than you. I understand he made you mad. I understand he's pushing your buttons, but you can't hit him. So I look at it like, really, that's all she did. She did nothing more than what his own, you know, legal sister. I mean, she, my daughter is his blood sister, but I refer to her as his blood sister because. Yeah, they are in all aspects. Exactly. So she didn't do anything worse than a sister just because she's a stepsister. I didn't feel like she crossed any major line and my son was unsafe. They had a sibling argument, but when she stepped up to me and said, you better shut up or you're going to be next. Yeah. It was all I could do. And at that point, like at first I could feel my temper. And then I, in the back of my head, I'm sitting here telling myself, Nacho, stay calm, stay on point. Don't kitchen sink this argument. And I just calmly said, you are not to put your hands on him. I am his parent. I am allowed to tell you, you are not allowed to hit him. And she's screaming at me at this point. And threatening me. And then, you know, when she threatened to hit me again, I said, if you do, I will call the sheriff on you. That is assault at your age. And I stayed dead calm because I needed her to understand this is not just a screaming argument that we're having. This is me being an adult with her because she wants to be treated like an adult. She's 17 now. She keeps telling us, I'm practically an adult. We'll act like it. You want to play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Okay. I have to say, I am so glad that we do not video these because (laughs) (laughs) my mouth has been open 80% of this recording. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have a bruise on my chin from my mouth hitting the desk. I know we sound like a big train wreck. I'm really a good person. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't think you're a bad person. I'm thinking you're a saint for sure. I'm not. You know, nachoing. It's hard when you're in those situations to remember not to react out of emotion. And you are doing a great job because you didn't escalate it by you screaming. Well, and see, the husband said I escalated it by threatening to call the sheriff. I said, no, I didn't threaten to call the sheriff on her. I just said that would be the consequence if she... It wasn't a threat. It was the truth. Yeah, she threatened to punch me at that point in the face. It wasn't even just, I'm going to smack you too. At that point, she said... I'm going to punch you and knock you down. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. Holy moly. Okay. So before your chin hits the, the ground again, there was no consequence to her for that at all. From him, None. In fact, she got to leave and go run with friends because he felt it was better to, for her to go and calm down than to keep having tension in the house. Man. And he did look at my son and yell at him later and go, I hope you're happy with what you caused. Because he thinks it was my son's fault in the first place for provoking his daughter and she hit him. And that is what started all this. Wow. (laughs) Um. (laughs) You know, when you nacho, Mm -hmm. you don't engage with them to prevent these things from happening. Mm -hmm. But there are times that you have crazy stepkids that will just Mm -hmm. scream at you out of the blue for no reason. Right. And the best way to handle that, of course, is to walk away. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what you do, as proven by your husband, 
it's going to be somebody else's fault but his kids. Right. Now, his daughter. Oh, yeah. Well, your daughter, she doesn't live with you any longer? No, she has her own apartment. She's probably thanking God every day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She loves it. (laughs) So his daughter is now how old? 17. Okay. She still acts the way she did when she was 14, doesn't she? Yes, but actually worse. Like way more, I'm in charge of my life. You're not going to say anything. You know, when she was 14, there were rules as far as her social life, how many sleepovers she could have, you know, like he used to have a rule that she couldn't have two sleepovers back to back. She virtually now, other than since school is back in session, we don't see her most of the weekend. She will couch surf from house to house. She would be the one that now that chooses to go to mom's on nights that are technically mom night, but usually it's because mom will either let her stay out way past what my husband has said is curfew or mom will just let her spend the night at a friend's house and dad doesn't know. So, I mean, there'll be times when literally that she has not slept in a home of one of her parents for five days straight. Wow. Yeah. Now does she talk to her dad? Like she talks to you? No. Well, okay. So if she gets mad, she tries and then he stands up to her and he will yell at her and then she'll back down. Usually he'll threaten to take her car because we own the car. Uh-huh. Now, apparently she told her mom recently that she's going to buy her own car because then dad can't take it away. That's what she thinks. Oh, Lord, that child needs a reality uh-huh. check. I really expect when she turns 18 that she will drop out of school and move out or couch surf somewhere. I mean, right now she's doing virtual school. Our school district offered families the choice of in-person or virtual learning. She kept insisting she wanted to do the virtual learning. She's failing every class right now. Oh, wow. The semester ends at winter break and she's carrying an F in everything. And that she got an F last quarter in everything but two classes, which she got D's in. So I don't even know how that's going to play out, if she's going to even get credit for this part of the school year. But he still went ahead and re-enrolled her for the next semester because you had to state what your intention was. He's still saying she can do virtual school. No way. Yes. I'm just like, okay. And what he has said, I have said to him, why is it that you were such a hands-on parent when they were younger And they hit teenage years and I just don't get it. I said, I don't get it. There's no consequences for things. She has been found with empty alcohol containers and he'll just say, don't do it again or I'm taking the car. But it's happened at least three times. And he'll say, well, I can't prove she was the one drinking it. I didn't see her drinking it. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. But he said to me just recently, he said, when they're teens, they're on their own. If I didn't raise them right, And, you know, they know right from wrong. They know what's expected of them. It's up to them to make choices and they're going to have to deal with the fallout. If it's going to go real bad for them, if, you know, they really screw up. And I'm like, who does that? If you see your child spiraling a drain, I mean, when my own daughter was in high school, I checked the grade, you know, parent grade portal. And if I noticed a grade getting out of control, I'd be like, Hey, what's going on here with pre-calculus or whatever. And it's just, no, we don't follow up. Does he realize that their brains aren't even formed yet? 
I've said that. I don't know that he believes it. <laughs> I really don't. I've talked about it. I've talked about development. I'm like, teenagers are, there was one night we were out at dinner, just he and I, and there was a group of teenagers at a table behind us and their behavior was horrible. I mean, like they were throwing food at each other, throwing, shooting straws across the table. And I just I made a comment about teenagers are so dumb. And he got furious. He's like, oh, so you're calling my kids dumb? And I'm like, no, I'm talking about this group behind us. If you look at what they're doing, he's like, well, you just seem to have a really negative view of teenagers. And I'm like, yeah, because parents don't even, they just let them go. Yeah. And they're out, they're out there in the world doing dumb stuff. And there's kind of like this thing now that teenagers kind of see themselves as untouchable out there. You know, like when we were teenagers, if we were acting up in a restaurant, oh my gosh, first of all, we wouldn't have because we would have been afraid that we would have been kicked out. But if a, another older couple would have said something like, hey, knock it off, we would have been like, oh my God. Yeah. They're going to find my parents and they're going to tell them, you know, no. Now they're just like, whatever, old lady. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. You want to be in my TikTok? <laughs> no, I don't. Yes. Yes. Goodness gracious. I do find it so interesting that he's like that with his daughter, especially, but he's so hard on your kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't the best kid. I know I wasn't. I was mouthy, <laughs> especially to my mom. But no, uh-uh. I just, I feel bad for your son. I do too. I really do. Because, and this is, I mean, my son has got a therapist for his ADHD and we have talked at length about this. We have talked at length about how stepdad is impacting him. She loves the nacho theory. She wants him to try nacho. And, you know, and she'll phrase it like, well, what would happen if you responded like this when he did this? And he'd be like, so you're telling me this is my fault? No, I'm just saying, why don't you try to respond this way and see what happens? Like, look at it like an experiment. Right. Yeah. I mean, see if, you know, you can change the reaction by tweaking this. And he just says, nope, he, my, my kid has to be the one that changes. And, you know, I've said stuff like <laughs> after that big blow up with his daughter, I even knew that he wasn't going to back me with her and all of that. But what he'll do with her is he'll take her to her bedroom to talk privately and shut the door. And they always have privacy. Now, if my child's getting in trouble, it's done in the middle of the house where everyone can hear it. Right. And conversation gets carried over the dinner table or something, but she is the one that always gets privacy. And so I, I said to him later, I'm, so what was the outcome of that? I told her she was wrong. Oh, okay. You did, huh? And so, okay, not super proud, but I didn't necessarily buy his story. So I looked at, he had texted her later because she left to go hang with friends. And I looked at his text. I shouldn't have, but I did. And it was like, I'm so sorry about today, honey. I hear your feelings and you were wrong to act that way to an adult, but I really, I hear your feelings. I don't know what to do about it, but I hear you. And I thought, oh my God, are you kidding me? If he would treat your kid half that way. I know his relationship would be so much better. And I'm not saying we should bow down to our kids. No. But I'm saying he's showing his daughter compassion, mm -hmm. grace, understanding, listening to her, making sure she feels heard. Mm -hmm. But your kid is more like, oh, he's got issues. Mm -hmm. 
And one of the biggest things with the Nacho Kids Method is when we realize that, hey, we are contributing to the problem. Oh, yes. And yet your husband is not open-minded to think that he has anything to do with the issues in the home. No. Uh Uh-uh. What does your therapist say about this? (laughs) Well, she says that it's a mess. My first therapist said I need to leave. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, well, I hear you. You know, I do have a, a different one now. And I, and I didn't leave that therapist just because they said to leave, but they basically said your situation is so unsolvable within the dynamic because you can't be the only person to change something. Right. You know, I keep thinking if I have calm, small conversations with my husband, at some point I can get him to see that this can be changed, that this can get better. My therapist says, I can't tell you what to do. Only you can make that decision. Leaving is a very hard decision, but you know, try some of these things. And part of it is with my son's medication, the medication that he is on for his ADHD causes, he has what, like when it wears off, the rebound from it is off. It causes a lot of aggression and anger. So that is where that creates a lot of flashpoint between him and my husband. If he does something and my son, he's eight, but he's no angel. I have him recorded that I want to share with his therapist just to say, okay, what do I do in a situation like this? You know, he's destroying his room because he's mad. He's tearing everything up. He's throwing things around. But my son will look at you and go, what are you going to do about it? You know, I mean, there are things, it's not funny, but there are phrases he has picked up from his step siblings. Uh And my husband doesn't even realize that he's saying something that one of his own children has said. Oh, no, because his kids would never say that. No, because he's not taking it from them. Right. You know, like, it's what's the new one? Oh, can I help you with something? His one, that's where he might, my son picked it up from his 15 year old. If someone is standing near the 15 year old, he'll turn and look at him and kind of sarcastically go, can I help you with something? Yeah. Like, why are you staring at me? Yeah. Like, or just if they're standing, like waiting to get a cup out of the count, you know, the cabinet or something. And it'd be like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm waiting to get a cup out of the cabinet. Can you move? But you know, they're kids. So they'll be like, no, I'm just wanting to get a cup move. Okay. Whatever. So when my son does it to my husband, he'll be like, boy, don't talk to me that way. And I'm just like, Oh, God. <laughs> So my son has started a new medication. I am really hoping that that helps ease some of my son's aggression. Because my it's not like my husband comes in and just goes, kid, I'm going to just pick on you today because I don't like you. I mean, right, right. you know, he does come in and then my son might start mouthing off and that's where it starts to build and blow up from there. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the new medication will help ease some of this and we'll see how that goes. I mean, we, we right. will just kind of go from there. Being in the nacho group, you know that I don't like people telling other people to leave. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. Because the way I look at it is you're going to end up in another blended relationship. You need to fix the one you have, not jump to another one. Right. I'm just wanting your husband to (laughs) open his mind. Get his head out of his. (laughs) Yeah, out of his booty. Mm Mm-hmm. Because my fear is... That he's making you or will make you choose maybe a year and a half from now of, oh, no, I don't want your son coming back. And if you do, then you need to find somewhere else to live. Right. And that's not fair. Oh, no, that's not. Not at all. No, he didn't sign up to deal with a child that has issues. But you didn't sign up to deal with the stepdaughter that gets in your face and screams at you either. Mm -mm. And 
God forbid, we never know what's going to happen. One of these kids could get hurt and end up being in a body cast for two months. Yeah. No, you didn't sign up for that crap either. But you know what? You deal with it. Right. The best way you know how. And it's just like, I guess what's frustrating me so much is that your husband's not helping things. He's hurting things. Right. And I know some manly men that they're so hard-headed that, no, you're not going to tell them what to do. Right. You're not going to tell them how to parent. And by God, this is their house. And they will not tolerate the stepson talking to them that way. Right. But the thing is, and it happens to all of us. My son, I can ask him a question. He'll say, what? And it doesn't really bother me. Right. If I ask David's kids a question and they said, what? It would gripe my nerves. Mm-hmm. Because with my own kid, I don't view it as disrespect. Right. And we all have different levels of disrespect. Just because David thinks Jackson's being disrespectful to me doesn't mean he is, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And some days, I'll tell you, he could tell me something on a Tuesday, and I'm fine with it. Tell me on a Wednesday, and I've had a bad day, and it's not, I'm not fine with it. So, you know. Exactly. Poor kid. He never knows what he's going to get in trouble for. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps them on their toes. <laughs> yeah. I want you to think about something, and I want you to think about if there's anything that we can do to help you. And when I say that, I mean, if you think that David doing a, he's got like a men's only course in the academy. If you think that your husband would be open to listening to somebody. I mean, I can check with him. I don't, I just think he would not. I just think. See, I'm thinking that too. And I'm like, dang it. Come on, dude. I think he would be like, well, and he takes stuff as criticism. Like you think I need this because. Right. You know, I'm wrong. Like that's how he's going to see it. You know, I really don't want it to get to the point that you're threatening to leave before he would consider trying something different. Right. And so I'm hoping that won't happen. Oh, yeah, me too. And I applaud you (laughs) for not giving up on your marriage and walking out because I know way too many people that would have left by now. Mm -hmm. But you took your marriage vow seriously. Yeah. (laughs) God. And it's not one of these, well, things are hard, so let's just leave. Right. And I really hope that if you choose to let your son go live with his dad for a year, that it works out for everybody's benefit during that year, but that your son's able to come back and have a different relationship with your husband. Yeah, me too. Because I don't see it going very well if your husband tells you that he can't come back. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And there's no way. I mean, like, just there's no way he can say he can't come back. That's just not, that's a line in the sand. (laughs) Right. He can say it. It's not going to happen. Right. And you have to have those lines in the sand. Right. And, oh, I just wish he would give Nacho in a try for, like you said, a week. Try it a week. week. Yeah. Because then he wouldn't be so adamant that, oh, your kid needs to go live with his dad during winter break. Right. Well, and he would be that parent or he would be that step parent that goes, yeah, I'm not showing, but they're in, they're like keeping their little tally score. Like, oh yeah. You know, those that are like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I did such a really good job not saying anything, but I've got my list back here and I'm just double checking. And I just added to it that you know, I know uh-huh. that the kid didn't put their plate in the dishwasher. And <laughs> yes, because when you really are properly nachoing and get to that point that it's a way of life. You're not keeping tabs on that stuff. No. Because you're not wasting your energy on it. Right. And if you notice it, you just kind of go, eh, don't care. 
and walk yeah. on. Like it doesn't, you don't sit there and go, Oh my God, that kid didn't put the dish in the dishwasher. And then two hours later, you're like, I can't believe that dish never made it to the dishwasher. Right. You just right. It's just not you good. definitely have a good point with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could probably talk to you for several hours. <laughs> We didn't hardly even talk about the mini wife. <laughs> oh crap, we didn't. No, we didn't. I mean, honestly, like when people talk about mini wives and they, they're usually like the young kids, you know, like the nine, 10 year old little girls. And they're like, well, do they grow out of it? No, they just become teenage girls who use it in a different way, but they're still there. I still see it. Okay. Yankee stepmom. This yeah. is going to have to be part one. We're going to oh, have no. to do a part two. Oh no. We're going to have to do a part two to cover the mini wife part. Okay. And I'm going to run them back to back. Okay. I've got to. Okay. This is just, this is just amazing me. Get your popcorn. <laughs> yes. Get your popcorn people. <laughs> and I also want to talk about the two sets of house rules. Oh, yeah. So we're going to table this for a second. Okay. But I do have one question before we wrap up. Yes. What does don't kitchen sink this argument mean? Oh, so just like throwing everything else in, like, okay, if the issue is you hit your brother, you cannot, I'm not going to sit there and go, and last week I noticed you didn't clean your room and you left the bathroom mess after you dyed your hair and you did X, Y, Z. No, it's just, we're talking right now about how you are disrespecting me. You hit your brother and I'm telling you that's not okay. Got it. And just not throwing everything the child has done wrong into the argument. Yeah, from the saying of everything but the kitchen sink. Right. Well, I guess I need to let you go. So, Yankee Stepmom, thank you for doing part one of your podcast with us. <laughs> thank you. And we are really looking forward to part two to talk about mini wife and the two sets of house rules. There you go. All right. Well, thank you again. And you have a good day. I'm going to go put some Tylenol on my face or something. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> go tape a bottle of Tylenol to my chin and David will be like, what are you doing? I'll be like, dude, I hit my chin so many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it'll be okay. It will. Well, thank you again. And we will hear from you next week. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. One of the things that we talk about with the Yankee stepmom or that I talk about with the Yankee stepmom is she's not yelling. But her husband, he won't do it. He will not nacho. Hmm. David, hmm? why are men like that? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think nachoing is number one. I think it's kind of the default for most men. How many times you hear a woman say, well, he don't have these same problems. He's like, he nachos naturally. Right. Yeah. You know, which is kind of our way of saying we just ignore stuff better. <laughs> well, I think what it is. Is either they nacho naturally or they look at it as I am the man of this house. I will control this house. All these little rugrats will do as I say. Yeah, that happens a good bit as well. That's typically where we start seeing a lot of issues is I think the stepmom realizes, hey, this is not working. And they start trying to find solutions for why it's not working. And, the, and uh, oftentimes the men are like, nothing needs to change except for everybody needs to do what I say. <laughs> you know, this is my house because, you know, she moved into their house. My house, my rules. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, it just doesn't often work. And, and if you think it's working, it, you probably the only one that thinks it works. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, what's happening is she's considering letting her son go live with his dad. Yeah, because it's too oppressive. Yeah, for about a year or so. 
Yeah. And that's, that's just not good because you want to potentially build resentment and everything else because you had to do that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, everybody's got a different way. They try to run their relationship and their family dynamics. But I mean, if people are really looking at this as, look, this is a team. This is, we're all going in the same direction. We have certain family goals to meet. Uh, how can we get there? People that I see have the most issues in families are people that think family life is on autopilot, that things will just work out. Those are the people that tend to have the most problems. The ones that have the least amount of problems are those who are intentional about their relationships and their families. And they're looking for ways to all go in the same direction, all meet the same goals and communicate better. David, you'll like this. Since you weren't a part of this, I'm going to tell you. The first therapist she went to told her to leave because her issues were unsolvable. Oh, gosh. Wow. Her current therapist loves the Nacho Kids method. Awesome. That's a huge difference between unsolvable and you found a methodology that can help. Right. If we can only get her husband to Nacho. Yeah. We're working on that. And it's not a silver bullet. Don't, you know, don't misunderstand us. We've said that a bunch before. Every time you say silver bullet, I think of Coors Light. Do you? Yeah. And then I think, no, not Coors Light. Then I think of werewolves. Right. Because you kill werewolves with silver bullets. Right. That's what it means. Like I ever need to know how to kill a werewolf. <laughs> well, there are some things I hadn't told you about myself. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and David, have you ever heard this phrase? Because she used it and I had to ask her what it meant. Mm-hmm. Don't kitchen sink this argument. Uh-uh. What does that mean? When you're having a discussion, focus on what the discussion is supposed to be. Don't put everything in the kitchen sink in it. Oh, I got that. I've never heard that, but it makes sense. Me either. I had to ask what it was. But anyway, I'm done yapping. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole episode on how to communicate. And yeah, she's right. If you're talking about a specific thing, then talk about that specific thing. Don't start dragging all these other things in there. Yeah. Five years ago, you didn't make me breakfast in bed. (laughs) And it hurt my feelings. But your kid did this. Oh, yeah. I think think a lot of the family discussions, you should have a ping pong table. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because that's what the arguments are like. Your kid did this, but your kid did this, but your kid did this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So join us next week with part two of the Yankee Stepmom, where we talk about having a mini wife and all kind of other stuff. Mm -hmm. What about people who have non-mini wives? Nine. Nine. Well, they can still listen. There's other stuff in there. Okay. I said and other stuff. No. All right. Very good. All right. So join us next week for another amazing episode. And remember, life is good. <laughs> when you nacho, you sounded like a girl. Life is good. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.